We are back here at Lawler Arena, and joining us now for the second half as this intermission extravaganza, as it were, is uh, Dan Roach, WBZ-TV, and uh, actually, man, gave me my start in radio here, <laughs> working uh, with, with you a number of years ago. Uh, Rink looks a little different from those days, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's, in a lot of ways, it's still the same. You know, uh, my wife, Pam, you know, she came with me really from day one, and uh, I was just saying to John Lay that, uh, you know, it was, it was fun back then. It was, you know, the Jimmy VTs and the Jim Rivnacks of the world, and Ronnie Anderson was the coach, but it was just, uh, in a lot of ways, it was the same. The same faces, same crowd, uh, a lot of young people. We were young, and uh, but it was, you know, one of the best times of your life, so it was a lot of good memories. And you're from the area, too, from North Andover. Uh, are you back here now? Uh, born in North Andover, uh, raised in North Andover, and I traded in the scarlet, red, and black for uh, Andover gold and blue. So we live in Andover now with a couple of kids, and... Uh, it's great. It's great. Merrimack's having a great year. It's fun to, you know, keep track of them. I try to watch them as much as I watched them last week when they were on TV. And to be here tonight is nice. You know, Brendan Sheehy was honored and Bob DiGiorgio, uh, two guys that I've known for a long time. So, uh, very nicely done tonight. What do you remember most from those days? Uh, you, you called the games for, for Merrimack back then and, the, you know, their run in the NCAA tournament in 1988. Uh, I, I forget, was that your first year doing the games? I think it was. Either first or second year. And uh, I remember them, you know, beating Northeastern in a home-and-home -home series in, in the uh, NCAA playoffs to get in uh, to the, you know, the next round. And then they went up to Lake Superior State. I remember flying to Detroit and driving six hours straight up to the peninsulas. And there was a bowling conference going on at the hotel that we stayed at. And uh, it, it was fun. And I remember Ronnie Anderson was such a good guy. Uh, the coach of Lake Superior State came up to him before the series. It was a two-game total goal series, which is what they did back then. And said to Ronnie, the, the coach said, you know, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out our best ways, our best plans to get to the Frozen Four and everything else. And, you know, and Ronnie's like, believe that guy? We haven't even played a game yet. And Ronnie never got fired up about it, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was laughing. So a lot of good memories, too. And that was a team Lake Superior only lost, I think, once all season early in the year at home. So they expected to win every night. And Merrimack was ahead of them, you know, and they should have won that series. That won the first game. Yeah, they won the first game. They should have scored more, you know, and then the second, they just kind of, you know, I think they lost their confidence a little bit in the, in the second game. And, but they were they were good. They were really that was a fun team to cover. And uh, like I said, a lot of good players, including Jim Rivnack, who went and played for the Washington Capitals. And Jimmy Vesey was the heart and soul. Was a lot of Bruins fans remember from Charleston. They, they were good. They were a lot of fun, and, and it's a good solid team. This team reminds me of the Bruins when the Bruins were good a couple of years ago. Uh, just the system that they play under their coach, and, and they they wait for their opportunities. They're patient. They have good goaltending like Tim Thomas. Uh, I, I, they're, they're a fun team to watch. Very. Uh, a relaxing team to watch, if you can say that in hockey. You know, we go back to 1989, I think, and you remember that first game when uh, when Merrimack played its first hockey East game and the anticipation leading up to it and everything. And, and I think Boston University came in that night, if I remember right, and I think the score was something like 8 to nothing, and they were shot 40 to 10. It was almost like, like like having a bucket of cold water dumped on you at that point, wasn't it? I mean, it's taken such a long time to get to this point. Well, a lot of perseverance and a lot of hard work by a lot of people. And it, and it just goes to show you how hard it is. I mean, you look at you look at Hockey East, and it was such a great thing for them to join Hockey East. Okay, we're here, but now we have a lot of work to do, and the, the problem you have is, as you know, is you've got the kids that go to BC, BU, uh, you know, Northeastern, the, the Beanpot schools, and, and then, you know, UNH is different. Merrimack really has to sell their program to a lot of kids and recruit hard and get lucky in a lot of ways, a lot like UMass Lowell, 
and, and for them to, to, to get the right mix, it looks like they've got the right mix. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of hard work, and it's just nice to see. I'm, I'm happy for a lot of people here. What's the buzz down? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, we know how uh, the buzz on campus has obviously been pretty pretty high and, and in the area, but down in, say, the Boston area, I mean, you're starting to hear, I think, people paying attention and so on. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Dan Roach from WBZ. Uh, you guys paying attention down there and so on? Uh, absolutely, and, and I'm, I'm a hockey guy. I love, you know, as you know, I love the sport. Uh, I love every sport I, I cover. Unfortunately, I can't go to every single sport, but there is a buzz about Merrimack in a, good, in a very solid way. Uh, you know, and a lot of it is just in the broadcasting business. You see a lot of people that you know, and they'll say, "Hey, uh, your Merrimack uh, Warriors all of a sudden make a little bit of noise and everything." And I'm like, "Yeah, it, it, it's real good to see." So they are. And in fact, we were in the uh, office last night. You know, we had the Bruins game on, which you know was good for eight minutes. Uh, but at the same time, my producer said to me, who knows, I'm a Merrimack fan, said, hey, good news and bad news, your Warriors meet uh, UNH, but uh, their best player, DaCosta, got hurt. And I was like, ouch, I was just watching it over here on the uh, hit. That's a tough knee-to-knee thing. Hopefully he's okay, uh, because that's the last thing you want to see, especially a year like this. You want to see them go full tilt into the hockey's playoffs. First period here, I'd say, uh, you know, first period really without DaCosta, they gave a pretty good account of themselves. Yeah, again, it, it reminds me of a team that knows its system and plays its system well and you can tell they're well-prepared, they're well-coached, uh, and the kids play within themselves. See, I know it's a sports cliche, but they didn't try to do too much, and they have great goaltending. Uh, you know, just solid kid. He, play, he reminds me of Rask in a lot of ways. And he, he, uh, he, he blocks his angles real well. It does a nice job. I thought it was a very entertaining first period. A lot of people may not have been, but that was like the perfect game you want to play, the perfect period you want to play without one of your star players or your star players. What do you remember most from the days of calling Warrior games? Uh, it was three hot chocolates that it used to get me through the game. Uh, it was 15 layers that used to get me through the game. And just the people, like I told you, Mike, uh, you know, I, I met you, and I, I think you, you, you form a bond with a lot of people because it's like a family. And uh, that was the fun thing that I found out. And to this day, I love my job working the Channel 4. It's great, but there's nothing like being a part of a team. You know, even if you're on the peripheral edge like we were, uh, to be their broadcast team, it just it, every single day you see the same people, and they're like extended family. And that's what I miss the most of doing the games, whether it's the sports information director from Jim Seavey to Paul McCarthy to the head coach from Ronnie Edge to the assistant coach Stu Irving. You know, the same thing here with the staff here. I'm sure you guys get along with them real well. And the kids, to watch the kids come in here, they're good kids, they work hard. Uh, you miss that family aspect of being part of a team. That's what I miss most about Merrimack. It, it, was, it was just, you know, like I said, it was, it was part of the best times of my life. Well, I'll tell you what I remember the most of working with you, uh, UNH Snively Arena. Being out there, do you remember the night you caught the, night you caught the puck? You have to tell the story. It's one of the greatest stories. In the middle of a game, it was the old Snively Arena. Lively Snively, as they said, and, uh, and they used to put us up in the back behind the net. And the worst part was pregame warm-ups because there were just pucks coming at you. There was no netting up there. No netting, and it was like old-school gym type of uh, wood up there. And we'd be watching, we'd be getting ready for the game, and then would be puck after puck. And then during the game, uh, there was a shot that hit the crossbar, and it came up, and I caught it. And I actually did the play-by-play. Oh, -play. oh, shot goes up the crossbar. Here it comes, and oh, I reach out, and I catch it. You know, so it was, uh, it was pretty funny. I'll never forget that one. I think the, uh, the UNH students bowed to you for that one, didn't they? <laughs> Very rarity, though. But it was perfect. It was it was the non-hurt type of uh, puck coming into your hands. I remember I went to a Lowell Spinner game, and uh, Theo Epstein had walked by and was sitting in the front row, and I didn't know if he knew I was there with my family. And 
same type of situation. A foul ball came right into me and went right through my hands. You know, so that was like the anti-UNH thing. And Theo walked back and a couple of innings later. He goes, didn't say anything. He just kept walking. Didn't even look at me. And all of a sudden, I hear nice hands as he walked by. <laughs> Dan, great to see you as always. I wish we had time to talk about the Sox this year, but uh, maybe another time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate I have to leave Monday uh, to go to Fort Myers and the warmth and the spring training and everything else. But I'll do my best down there, I promise. Hey, give us a quick prediction how the Sox going to do this year. Well, I mean, they're loaded. You know, I, I think if, if guys like Beckett and Lackey respond to go along with their lineup and that they stay healthy, I think there's, you know, every every reason to believe they should be in the postseason. And then who knows after that, as we all know. But uh, they are in prime position. They're probably the team to beat on paper going into this year. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, Dan, say hi to Pam and the kids for us. Great to see you. Oh, well, Mike, pleasure to see you. Pleasure to be on. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. You guys do a great job. All right, thanks. Dan Roach has been our guest here. Score is Merrimack 1, UNH nothing.